live around the world. This is Paper Cuts with Brad and Jay. We'll just get this out of the way here. Thanks for joining us on Brad's show. Yeah, thanks for coming to my show. You I did not say shenanigans. <laughs> okay. Are you, are you drinking already? No, I've just got water. Just got water. <laughs> Always looking smooth, aren't you? Yeah, I, I do. I try to clean up for the show. Look, one of us has to. Come on. On this episode of Paper Cuts, we are joined by Ronald Malfi. We are live. Holy cow, it's been a year since our last Halloween episode. How how has time has flied? Like just flew right by like crazy. Still, it still exists after that. It, it does. I haven't I haven't shut it's it down yet. I mean, my my history of shutting down shows, I'm losing my reputation. Happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween weekend, I should say. Yeah. Uh, another time for another exciting episode of Paper Cuts. And for those who watched last year's Halloween episode, we apologize. <laughs> Uh, we survived. I don't have the the face paint this time, so I shouldn't pass out. Uh, we don't have a panel. <laughs> we, we were a little serious this time, but uh, no 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 costumes or anything. But that's Brad over there. I'm Jay. Enough about us. Let's get to our guest this evening. You may know him from a shitload of popular books. Come mm-hmm. with me. Comes to mind uh, the Night Parade. And right now, I mean, he's so cool. He's got two pretty big books out at the same time i mean i don't know how you do that but uh black mouth and ghost written both out right now or you may know him from his rock band veer there you go and you know <laughs> I'm, I'm a music guy he's a music guy brad likes country rap or whatever brad so likes we, rap we may have to kick him out of the show <laughs> country rap all right yeah. but everyone <laughs> welcome to the show ronald malfi thank you so much for stopping by i totally appreciate it What's thank you guys I, I appreciate you having me on this is this is very cool thank you what are you normally doing on a Friday night instead of, you know, talking to us? Uh, what am I normally doing on a Friday night? Normally, I'm either uh, asleep or <laughs> I'm this time. Out playing a concert. So you, you got me on a Friday night that my band's not playing. We're playing tomorrow night. We got a big Halloween show uh, nice. tomorrow night. I was going to say, I hope you didn't cancel the show for this. No. <laughs> He's like, absolutely not. <laughs> We're not paying the back kind of money. Love that. That's great. Really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get like a night off. Yeah. Yeah. They'll see this episode. Like I thought you were sick. That's why we didn't do that show. Yeah. They don't want to be around me anyway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I mean, we might as well start there. I, I mean, I, I don't know how much you've checked this out, Brad, but uh, uh, you're in a band called Veer, right? Am yeah. I saying that right? Yes. It you is. guys have been together for what? Uh, has it been ten uh, years? Yet? Eight years around that time. I, maybe not even that long. We started at the end of 2016, beginning of 2017. Okay. Um, and yeah, and the, and the pandemic kind of stripped a couple of years at from us. But uh, yeah, yeah that, I heard a lot of bands. I know definitely. It, but, it, was, uh, it was rough. But uh, for the genre, it's, it's it's a rock band, right? It is a rock band, original music. If you like, I mean, look, I'm I'm a 45 year old dude, so I'm I'm writing music that I like. So it's gonna if you if you grew up listening to like Stone Temple Pilots, Pearl Jam, that kind of shit. uh, He said Pearl Jam, Jay. He said the magic word. Yeah. So I mean, like we're we're right in that kind of wheelhouse. I mean, it's all original material. We write our own music, Um, but uh, tonally, like, yeah. I mean, people who show up to our shows are are guys i probably went to school with so yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's funny because uh like every time i'll go to, go to a show every now and then my wife will make fun of me like that like you realize you're about as old as the band now and it's just a bunch of people wanting to be home by nine so they can go to sleep early mm-hmm. you 
I need to go to sleep soon so I can wake up and go pee. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but uh, you guys have had some uh, success over the years. I mean, you've opened for what, Buck Cherry, Sponge. I saw Sponge actually in the 90s. That's yeah, man. Flashback, now, yeah. That's part of the cool part about this is, yeah. is we get to um, – you know, play with open, open up and play, play with bands that we kind of like listen to and like. So yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's a free pass into a concert, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> and you're, you're a singer of it. Yeah. Yeah. I sing, I play rhythm guitar. I, I, I write most of the music. Yeah. Are you the singer because you could do the, the lyrics because you're a writer also, or is I'm that, a is singer what? by default. Now I, okay. I wouldn't <laughs> say I'm, I am a trained singer. I am a, I am the one who in our band who, who could most sing? Let's, let's put it that way. <laughs> you're you're the hey, best singer. Of the yeah. I'm the best singer. Hey, close to hold a note. That's that's what it right. Is. Like yeah, in, in a room full of like blind dudes, I've got like one eye. I'm like, right. hey, yeah. But, but I mean, in, in a rock band, I mean, you could just tell them to turn up the guitar a little bit louder and drown you out some, so you're good. That's to go. the point. That's yeah. the point. Yeah. yeah. So we got a big we got a big Halloween show tomorrow night. Um, I love you guys and I love your show. So I've been listening to a lot of stuff, like a lot of like your episodes coming into this. So I even told the other guys in the band, I said, I'm going to offer two free tickets to tomorrow night's concert to any of your people listening tonight who want to oh, shoot shit. me a message or shoot oh, you guys shit. a message and we'll, we'll get those tickets to them. So um, where's the okay. show? So we, we know it is, someone it has is, to hop on a plane or something. Uh, in Baltimore, Maryland. Okay. So uh, I know some people. Yeah. So I see, I see uh, Vicky's, typing some stuff down there so she she knows the bands so yeah i mean we play mostly uh you know we we, we try to to cater to our other lives you know i I, right. I i write so i i go on book tours and stuff the other guys in my bands all have other other jobs too so we try to uh keep our our touring to the regional area of maryland virginia dc that kind of thing so okay. we're mostly in in, in maryland mm-hmm with your uh, with you writing the music as opposed to you know writing your books, is that mm-hmm. like a whole different process that you go through, or is it kind of the similar thing for you? Um, I, I mean, the process is a little different. Books are very solitary. I mean, I sit by myself in a room and I write. Um, music, I do. I, I do the. I, I write the music initially by myself, but then it's a collaborative effort of bringing it to the band, saying, "Hey, here's here's a bunch of this, you know the new songs I've been working on. What do you guys think? Let's kick it around." Um, and we just we we kind of open it up from there, and and everybody adds their parts to it, and it becomes a different thing. It's 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 creatively, it's a lot different because we're sharing and bouncing ideas off of each other, right. and and that's uh, it's refreshing from from you know sitting in a room by myself writing books. You know, yeah. uh, I, I found that uh, if I if I'm if I'm writing a book and I'm hitting like a, and I get like writer's block or I'm hitting like a roadblock with something that I can kind of switch gears and and focus creatively on writing music or working on songs and stuff and doing that frees up the floodgates for the other, you know, for the other Avenue of creativity. For some reason I can write a song and it frees up my writer's block for writing a novel. So I, I, I'm really just, I'm just a jerk who uses all these avenues <laughs> to for, for his own benefit. <laughs> so yeah, it's natural to go hand in hand, but I mean, I, I, I could, I could probably see a difference. Like if you're writing a book, you're not going to have the drummer come in and say, Hey, what if we do this <laughs> for the book? You know? Yeah. 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 But yeah, as far well, as it being in the band and people bringing in different things for different songs, you know, I can see that, but yeah, I can see a big difference there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, well, absolutely. And, and I, I've been in, uh, I've worked on collaborative projects from a writing standpoint that have 
you know, gone that way. And it's very right. tough for me to, you know, relinquish any kind of authority uh, when it comes to my, my books. Um, uh-huh. Music, I, I recognize my limitations as a musician and I invite um, the other guys in my band to, to make me sound better, make the band sound better and, and <laughs> yeah. make the song sound better. As far as books go, I don't know any motherfucker better than me. So I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> now I just, I just, I get very proprietary about a lot of that stuff. It's very hard for me to, to, um, it's hard to me for me to find someone who really shares the vision of what it is that I want to do. So right. I just, yeah, myself. And the book is, it's a much more, you know, in-depth endeavor. It's, you know, 400 pages, 300 pages instead of, you know, a couple of pages of song lyrics. So mm-hmm. there's a lot more you're putting into a book. I mean, not that it's any more important than a song, but you're putting a lot more time and effort into the book and story than you would be, you know, maybe a song. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's also, it's coming from a different place. I mean, uh, you would think because I, I write books that I would be, you know, my focus in writing, a, writing a song would be lyrics and uh, lyrics are the last thing to come into place. I, I'm very melody oh, yeah. and, and, and hook oriented. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, we're, we're, a, we're kind of a, a mid road, mid rock, mid, mid hard rock, alternative rock band. Um, with a lot of pop sensibilities and my focus in writing songs is really on on the hook of the music lyrics Mm -hmm. are usually the last thing i put into place um and and i and i think that's why it works for me because i'm I'm exercising a different muscle creatively in in doing it that way Um, i wonder if like every band's like that lyrics are the last things i mean i've I've read that in interviews of numerous bands and, and seen numerous interviews of bands you know the last thing they do lyrics overnight to come up with lyrics so uh, yeah I, I don't know i mean i think it's probably different for everybody uh i mean i know guys who are singers in band who write you know write songs which are really just lyrics which is it's almost like poetry and then and then they write music to it which is the opposite of how i i operate um everybody's got their own process but it's you know it's it's that way with books too um i've never been i've never been an author who's who outlines or plots his books i Man, I come up with an idea. I let it stew in my head for a little while. Then I just sit down. I'm like, okay, chapter one. Let's see what the fuck happens. And where's yeah. the story? <laughs> you know, so that's kind of how I operate with that. Other writers have index cards and, you know, a yeah. whole story Bible of where this book is going to go. And that sounds terrible to me. But, you know, that's, <laughs> sounds that's, like a lot of planning. that's what works yeah. for them. You know, so everybody's different. But you're just letting it flow. You're just letting it go. And, and, and if you yeah. write yourself into a corner, you just backtrack somehow, fix it. You know, forget about the cue cards and what was it we were talking about with the Catherine Award? She tried to do the whole diagram. Yeah, she tried to diagram it out, and she yeah. does the whole thing in her head, which just like blows yeah. my mind for the type of book she writes to keep all those details in her mind like that. Yeah, everybody's different. Uh, you know, for me, I if I got that far into the minutia, and I've had to do that for certain projects where I've just had to outline to death and, and go into this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I lose interest in, in the story at that point. P- part of what keeps me propelled to write these books is I wonder where they're going to go. So I want to see yeah. how I get there. You know, if I already know and everything is done, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. I'm a lazy dude. I don't want to, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to have to write it. If I already know where it's going, it's already there. So is, is it more about the journey for you than the destination? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I consider myself like the first reader of everything I write. So I'm like, all right, what what works here you know and i think if you're 
I know a book is ready to, to for me to start on when I really have a good grasp of the characters and I understand mm-hmm. really their motivations, where they, what their relationships are with each other, and where they're where they how they want to get from point A to point B, why they want to go there. Once I know that, um, I just uh, you you have to relinquish a little bit of that authority to those characters and let them be their own people and 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 let them run a little bit of the story if i mm-hmm. if i outlined something to death I, i'd find that my characters would be fighting me to get yeah. to no you have to be in chicago by chapter four <laughs> and they'd be like no 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 didn't you see what just happened you know so it, it, it's a mess yeah <laughs> so i just kind of let it let it i don't mess with the i don't mess with this with you know, the recipe <laughs> I, I think those books are kind of fun to discover i i usually say those those are ones where like you allow the character to write the dialogue. You yeah. allow the book to write itself. And I, I don't know. I, sometimes I could I could pick out if one book was more tightly planned than the other, and I enjoy mm-hmm. the the loosely planned one. So I think those are fun to discover because sometimes they're just something totally weird and, and off the wall. That you're like, what the hell? This is yeah. pretty cool. You know, where'd this come from? Yeah, yeah. We we've had authors tell us before that you know <clears throat> they do plan out their stuff and they take more time to outline and plan it than they do to actually write the book. So they've spent, you know, months and weeks or however long to outline it. And then they just write the whole thing really quick, which seems backwards. You think you'd take longer to write it than you would plan it, but a lot more work to go into it before you even put pen to paper. Yeah. I mean, it depends on what you'd even like. I don't put a lot to paper, but I do sit for months and think of a book. Um, so if that's the equivalent of them writing it on paper, I just don't put it on paper. I have it in my head. So I, you know, if I've got a year, you know, I, I've been doing like a book a year for pretty much my entire writing career. And, that's good too. um, for, uh, you know, if they give, if they afford me a year to write a novel, the actual sitting down typing part is like three or four months. Okay. Uh-huh. That other part of that year is all thinking about how this is going to work, you know? Mm-hmm. So I may not write it down, but. You know, I'm thinking about it. I'm getting there. You know, when my wife says you did nothing all day, I'm like, no, I'm writing. <laughs> I'm just not sitting down writing. If she could <laughs> only see inside yeah, the mind. Yeah. She doesn't want to, she doesn't want to go there. No, yeah. That's a little scary. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you've been writing a pretty long time. Has that process changed? Has, did you start out in the beginning like that? Or did you feel like you had to, you know, do the planning just to be, to get out there? I mean, no, how much I, never, I never really. I never really planned. Uh, I mean, the only thing that's really changed is the volume of stuff I put out. I mean, when I was younger, um, I wrote every day. I wrote 15, 20 pages a day. I could write a novel in a month. I, I just was so into it. By the time I graduated college and and tried to put off getting a real job for as long as possible, I had like five or six full length novel manuscripts already written. So I'm like, let me pick one of these and, and try to sell it. So the, so the only thing has changed is really my my output is slowed down um, where I don't uh, I don't write every day, um, but I will I will like, you know, I may not write 15 pages a day every every day of the year, but I may write 30 pages a day in three months to get a book done, you know, something yeah. like that. So that's kind of shifted and, and out of necessity. I mean, I'm older and tired. And I don't want to do that. Every time. <laughs> I've got two kids, you know, you know, there's a the lot of other take stuff. Up, kids yeah. take up a lot of time. They take up a lot of time. Yeah. Even if, even if you're not writing every day, are you always thinking about your books though in some way? Yeah. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Before we get too far, Steve has a question. Um, mm-hmm. What about film scripts? Is it as difficult to relinquish control of those like it is with your books? 
you know what? It's I, I don't feel as proprietary over the stuff I've had to do for TV and film than I do for mm -hmm. my books. My books are kind of like my thing. Um, you know, I've I've been fortunate enough to have a lot of my my books option for TV, option for movies, gone to certain points where scripts are being written, and and you know what? I've I've met a lot of writers who are who have adapted my my books into into scripts and mm -hmm. you know basically what i say to them to all of them is hey you know the book is the book and that's my thing the script is your thing so right. you know be be your creative guy and 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 you you know this is your time to shine as an artist do your thing with it and unless it's completely fucking off the wall and has nothing to do with the story <laughs> totally you know, opposite. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm i'm cool with it um and i've had the, that conversation a lot with 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 writers i i like i mean i i my, i had a book uh, a great example of this was a book i wrote called uh, bone white a few years ago right and it was option for a tv series they hired a screenwriter guy came in wrote i read the pilot episode i had nothing creatively to do with the, the show i uh -huh. they just optioned for me and i read this the pilot he sent me and whereas my book my books always walk these really ambiguous lines where they don't really know what they want to be horror thriller suspense you know they just do the, this guy just owned the horror angle on it the supernatural uh -huh. aspect of that book yeah. which i kind of explore a little more towards the end of the novel and he owned it from like the pilot episode i'm like man this just really rings solid you know and i was really impressed with it i'm like yeah, i, I, I could have wrote the book like this that would have been cool <laughs> you know i so i i i love guys taking their own spin on it, seeing what it's, a, you know, getting their take on what they think it should be about. And it informs me a little bit of, of how, how they interpret my material. I learned something from it. Um, and, you know, writing for the screen is, is very different than writing books. So I yeah. trust, you have to trust that some of the, you know, they know what they're doing too. So. I feel like with that, especially, you know, movies and TV, you have to expect other hands in the pot, you know, whether the director, the studio, the script writers, like it's not going to be exactly what you want, unless you're, you know, doing an indie film and doing it all yourself, right. it's going to change in some way. So you have to give up sort of that give and take a little bit. It's going to change a little bit, whether maybe you want it to or not. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's, I'm, I'm fine with that. That's part I of I mean, there, there's a little bit of a gamble there too, because like, what if somebody just comes up with their own interpretation and it's so you know, full Far shit. out of left field. <laughs> yeah, it's full out, out of left field. I mean, if your name's still going to be connected, uh, that'd be a little cringy for me, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't had really anything like that ever come to me. I mean, I had a guy who, um, he had he optioned and 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 wrote a screenplay to my novel December Park, um, and changed so much of it that it just did not, it didn't speak to the novel anymore. I mean, my, right. that that is a coming of age novel that takes place in nineteen in the early nineties between five guys who were five kids who were friends and. You know, mm -hmm. and I think he modernized it. He changed the dynamic of the characters. He added like a, you know, it was popular at the time to have a girl inserted into the group of guys. So that's, you know, it's a lot of stuff that I just felt now you're 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 missing some of the point to why this resonated in the book. And I don't think this is something that's going to sell as a film. So, right. I said, hey, that, thanks for playing, but yeah. <laughs> and at that point, why even you know, option your material? Why not just create your own thing if it's just you know that vastly yeah. different? Yeah, and you're not really pay attention to the source material just do your own thing yeah so uh heidi has a question real quick too are mm -hmm. there uh, any writers who influenced you in your writing or inspired you personally 
Yeah, sure. I mean, a ton of writers. Uh, you know, I write horror, and and I grew up at a time where Stephen King's books were prolific on on every bookstore shelf, library, grocery store, yeah. wherever you wanted to go. I read him voraciously when I was growing up. His writing informed my sensibilities as a writer very much uh, early on. Um, you know, as I got older, uh, primarily like when I was in college and stuff, I, I found Peter Straub, and mm-hmm. man, did I love Peter Straub's prose uh i'm still half in shock that he's not with us anymore but yeah uh, his his books were just just uh, untouchable he wasn't just a great horror writer he was a great american writer um Mm -hmm. and i think that kind of gets lost um and also i mean ernest hemingway i I became like this unapologetic devotee of of hemingway (laughs) i I fucking love The, the thing about hemingway that i think a lot of writers could could learn from is 90% 90% of Hemingway's stories take place off the page. Everything is below the surface of what he's saying. And mm-hmm. he, he is not the author to drive home a point. You either get what he's saying or you don't. <laughs> Over your head. And that's why he's yeah. so divisive. And a lot of people don't like him because he's not that, you know, he's not that literal. Um, mm-hmm. right? But, and I, I think, what, what do you call it? Like the iceberg theory of fiction, like, Oh, yeah, there's what more underneath the, the story or is yeah like what the story is is the tip of the iceberg but what the story is really about is everything below the surface which is not on the page which the reader yeah. brings to that story um that informed my fiction a lot uh sometimes maybe to the detriment because i'm i'm no hemingway um you know but i i do i just kind of really bought into that that logic that's that a story is deeper than the story you know that mm-hmm. makes sense well, as as far as like uh, your books in the past, I mean, what I've seen mostly are novel links I, I, until I read uh, Ghost Written, which is four novellas together. Do you normally try for the novel or do you ever, you know, think, okay, this novella might turn into something bigger? What's your process deciding on how long something's going to be? Or is it, is it just like you said earlier, you just start writing and, and it ends when it ends? Um, yeah, I, you know what? I don't... Um... I don't really, I don't really set out with a, with a length uh, in mind. Um, you know, a lot of this, uh, a lot of this stuff is, is kind of born. Like, I, I love novels. I love really big, dense, mm-hmm. rich and novels. And just get, getting really involved yeah, with them. Just, yeah. like, if, if I'm going to spend a year of my life suffering over something, it better be worth <laughs> it, right? So that's, that's what I set out to do. And it's got a, it's got a, the story I come in, I, I'm going to tell has to have the enough weight to carry a novel. Right. So I take that into consideration. I, I, I've written a lot of short stories. I don't think I'm very, a very good short story writer. Um, That's a tougher, that's a tougher form than a novel. Uh, The the conciseness of, of a short story without it sounding trite or particularly genre short stories, very hard. To, to do something good. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't generally do those unless I'm contracted for an anthology. I got one I have to write this week. So, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I do that, you know, on occasion. Um, Ghostwritten was very different. Ghostwritten was, um, so I was, I, I was contracted for, with my publisher for, I, I had done, uh, I was contracted for two books. I had done my book, Come With Me, uh, mm-hmm. that came out last year. 
and they had contracted me for a second book, which I knew kind of peripherally what it was going to be. And it was it turned out to be Black Mouth. Right. And, and, mm -hmm. and I had focused on that. Those are both very, there you, there you, there go. you go. They're both very heavy novels. Come With Me yeah. is really thematically about grief, loss, and, and obsession, kind of redemption. Uh, Black Mouth is about addiction and trauma specifically childhood a lot of uh sensitive subjects so far yeah I mean, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, these are not they're not winning comedy of the year yeah right. I mean, they're, they're, they're heavy books you know yeah. and i knew that going into it so after i finished come with me and before i started black mouth i just kind of had this i needed like a palate cleanser so i wrote the first novella from ghostwritten uh a one called the skin of her teeth yeah um just to kind of cleanse my palate before I got back into the heavy world of, of what I knew Black Mouth was going to be. And I wrote mm -hmm. it. I had fun with it. Uh, it's it's kind of, it totally embraces supernatural horror. You know, it, any of those, it, it could totally fit into like a Twilight Zone episode. And I really enjoyed writing it. Um, and I enjoyed even more, you know, there's, there's some crossover to, to that novella to a lot of my books in the past, um, you know, things some, some of my readers picked up on some of them not all of them but i mean even just the title the, the skin of her teeth that yeah. that that book that he's he's uh adapting in 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 that novella that novel is the novel that my main character in my my novel little girls is adapting for a stage play so it okay. it all it feeds into like all my other books so i had such a good time writing that now I'm we have to, the ronald malfi universe yeah universe, yeah so. well, and you know and i and, and all <laughs> and i've done that really with a lot of my books you almost can't help it but it's so subtle that you've got there's only like probably two idiots out there who are like so invested <laughs> in this shit that are like oh i figured it out you know but you know, so I wrote I wrote the first novella for Ghostwritten, sent it into my editor, and I thought um, that the uh, I thought they were going to just use it as a, a like it they publish it as an ebook and and have it right. like as a promotional thing between bridging the gap between two books. They came back to me mm -hmm. and said, "Hey, if you could write three more like <laughs> kind of thematically connected novellas, this will be a, your next book." I'm like, well, shit. All right. So I, I was excited. <laughs> I was excited that they were excited. I agreed to do it. And then when I sat down to like kind of think about what the next three novellas would be in the <laughs> world of haunted manuscripts and haunted books, yeah. I'm like, who the fuck do I not repeat myself? Yeah. Times over. Like that's a very specific sort of very specific. Um, I I feel I pulled it off. I think I got. I think I I, I don't think they. I don't think the material repeats. Um, I had a blast writing all the, the other three of them and I had an even bigger, you know, blast, uh, subtly connecting all the novellas then to each other in that book. So ghost written could be read as a collection of four standalone novellas, or it could be read as a complete novel where you, you certain elements and themes are, or, or even in specific incidences are linked, uh, in all mm -hmm. those novellas. So I, I really kind of got, I was just, I just had such a good time writing that book. For those listening who has who have not read Ghostwritten, uh, it, so it's four novellas, and and the the connecting link, it's like something written, like a book or a manuscript or, or whatever. So, I I, I kind of got like a like an Evil Dead feel overall because it, it it was like this something written was the center of attention. That was just me. I mean, that's just yeah. the way I was looking at it. But yeah, it, the uh, the one that stuck out to me the most in that connection uh, in that collection uh, it was the last one called the story mm -hmm. and, and to me i'm just reading i'm thinking 
I think there's a lot more to this. I, I, I could see this actually becoming more of a, of a novel. Are any of those four stories, anything you're looking at to maybe extend into something longer or maybe revisit later? Yeah. No, I'm not, you know what? Not at this, not at this point. I did recognize that a couple of them, the story being one, uh, you know, this, the, the one before that called, uh, this book belongs to Olo. Mm -hmm. Um, those could have been standalone novels as I got really into those stories. I'm like, man, I could really, and you know, I had, a, I had a deadline to meet and, and under a contractual <laughs> obligation to, yeah. to write novellas. But I also think that, you know, part of the power of, of those novellas is to a point is the brevity. Uh, I think you take any of those stories and you drag them out for 400 pages. Um, you, you, they lose something. There's, there's a, I, I really, and I'm not the first to say this, but uh, you know, horror is so well served by the novella format. Yeah, it um, is. Mm -hmm. it, it's it doesn't languish. It doesn't waste your time. Uh, it's it's long enough to get you in the mix, and it's short enough to keep you scared and and kick you out the door. Then, and I think I think that that length is best served. You know, it's best serves those stories uh, in there. Yeah. yeah, the novella is the, the hour and a half horror movie. We say that all the time. Yeah. 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 I, I, I saw, I, I felt a little bit of a dark fantasy in a way for Olo. I'm not much of a fantasy guy, but it was much more dark fantasy to me. So I was able to, you know, really get into it. But yeah, I, I could definitely see Olo and uh, the story being something, and to me, something bigger. The, the character of Grady, I, yeah. I thought, for uh, the story. Uh, He's got to come back in one of your other books or something. <laughs> somehow, some way, some shape, some form. Hey, you know what? I, I never close the door on any of that. That's right. always a possibility. Right. Do you yeah. think in the future you'd like to do another project like that? Like, you know, three or four novellas that I'll kind of connect into as one book? Since it seems uh, like you had a lot of fun doing it this way. I did have a lot of fun. I, you know what? I'm always kind of thinking, like, what's the unique, what, what's it, what's, what would make a unique reading experience? You know, like, you know, for years I've, I've been like, jerking around on my own with like a project that is like a, a bunch of standalone novellas, but each mm -hmm. one is a number and it's all an apartment number. And each story is, is a okay. different apartment in a, in a building. So oh, when you read them all together, okay. they make out the build, the, the apartment complex, um, you know, stuff like that, that that's just, I like, I like the idea of a mythos of, of a, of a, a world mm -hmm. bigger than the tapestry, you know, you're, you're building yeah. this tapestry that's bigger than the story that you're telling um and that just always appeals to me so yeah i mean there's no um i'll never say no to the possibility that that stuff may come back but it's it's there and and uh i mean we'll i guess we'll see yeah. i'm i'm new to your work I've, i'm reading black mouth now so i'm not sure the answer to this but have you ever incorporated music heavily into any of your stories since you're you know in a band and everything uh not not to the point that you're probably asking about um yeah it's funny. I mean, I, and I've had other writers approach me who, uh, who I'm friends with and, and they're like, Oh, we should work on something together. And they are, they're always pitching me these <laughs> like, you know, tenacious D in the pick of destiny type stories. Yeah, like exactly, a rock yeah. band finds this secret song. I'm like, well, am I your like go-to rock band, right? Horror writer. Like for some reason, you know, I you have, to have a Jack black character and yeah. Right. <laughs> The bald guys, I, the sidekick, and exactly. No, I just, I just, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's sort of like I've already. I guess maybe I exhaust that part of myself in the band and playing music already. Yeah. 
that I, I have no interest in carrying it over to the stuff I write. I mean, if it, if it makes sense for the story and it fits, absolutely. I put it in, but my mind doesn't really work that way. You know, I'm just kind of what, whatever, whatever befits the story. That's kind of where, mm-hmm. where I go. I don't know, I've read a couple of uh, horror rock band stories and they don't always come across very well. Oh, I, mean, really? I, I expect a little bit more, I guess. I don't know. Just being a music guy. I mean, being a rocker, some some of them are kind of disappointing, but it, like the best one I've ever read. If you like that kind of stuff, the best one I've ever read, and this is I'm I'm putting it in a category that's going to diminish its richness, mm-hmm. um, but it's Phil Rickman's book December. Uh, okay. This I'm, I'm talking like this is like a 700 page. Oh, <laughs> um, Matt, like it it is. It, this is back in the heydays. Like I don't know if it was published in the 80s or the 90s, but it's about it's about a rock band in I think like Wales or someplace that you know opens like a fucking door to, to hell or something like that by playing <laughs> it. But it it sounds cheesy as hell. This book is one of the most literary. Uh, I mean, it, it it would sit on a shelf with you know Peter Straub and Robert McCammon. Uh, I mean, okay. it's, it's fantastic. Um, that's the only book I've ever read that actually took it and made it like feel real and and scary and and you could kind of feel the vibe without it being a little, yeah. little goofy. Yeah. I mean, you I can see Jay, like, Jay's range of emotions just saying, you're like, Oh, a, a music book, 700 pages. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'd be like maybe 500. Book. I don't know. I <laughs> that's still be like a year's worth of reading really. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that, that's interesting because like I said, to me, the books I've read like that don't come across really well, but there's a lot of movies that involve like, rock bands and horror like shoot Foo Fighters just did one you yeah. know and it's and sometimes they, they're a little corny I don't know if I've ever seen a movie version of like you know a, a horror film with the with the rock band that I, you know what for whatever reason I, I and I'm sure there are examples to the opposite of this but for whatever reason every version of the that that I can think of that's a, that's a movie like that is comedic in some sense I don't know yeah, why yeah. if they find you know if there's something innately silly about it i i, I don't know uh, but you know i i i i don't know i i think that um i could see myself at some point writing something music centric uh mm-hmm. in in the horror arena that i currently write in um but again i'm a big theme writer guy like it's got to like how i talk about what the theme of come with me is and 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 black mouth and and what what the real point of those stories are it would kind of have to factor into what what this what that story is you know whatever that may be you're talking about your themes and stuff just the theme is that sort of where the idea begins and then you sort of build out from there for your different stories like you said you know black mouth is all about addiction and stuff so were you wanting to write an addiction story and then black mouth came from no, that? It's, it's almost the opposite. I, 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 I come up with a, a vague storyline. Um, I get to know who the characters are. I put them in there. And most of the time with, with black mouth in particular, uh, I, I'll write a couple of drafts of a novel before I realize what the theme is. I'm like, Oh, okay. here's what I'm trying to say. And mm-hmm. I go back and I fix it. I've got, I've got a stack of like pages, like <laughs> this, of of two different versions of Black Mouth that don't even look like the novel that was published because really? I just didn't understand what my thematically what I was trying to say, and I got mm-hmm. it wasn't until I got like halfway through another version of it where I'm like, oh okay, um, 
this book is about addiction. This book is about um, trauma, dealing with trauma and what that yeah. what that does, what childhood trauma does to somebody when they're an adult. I don't set out with that in mind. It, it just, it comes clear. Unfortunately, it comes clear after I've written 500 fucking pages and I got to go back. <laughs> so, well. I've well, got a, I've got the unthematic version of all of my novels, right? yeah. just like the stripped down version. <laughs> right, that, that's like the the, the B sides released later, like the box. There set. you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but with uh, Black Mouth, like you know, there's addiction in it. There's uh, uh, self harm, suicide, psychological issues, and all. It, how do you approach that kind of story? You have to take breaks. Right? I'm assuming you're taking breaks, right? Or that's just going to really fuck with your mind a little bit you know how do you how do you you know write your chapters step away for a while go back to it and then when it's done is there like a just weight off your shoulder where you have to go you know look for unicorns and rainbows just to get it all out of your <laughs> system for a while yeah i mean that, that it was a dark book i mean to go from that like like i said to go from that from come with me which was came from kind of a personal tragedy that you know and, and, and was born of that to uh -huh. black mouth where i knew i was going to kind of go into these dark places not realizing thematically how dark it was actually going to be until i got there it was uh yeah it was it was a, a bit of a slog I, you know um i'll probably always i mean a lot of my books i write when i can write and i sit down black mouth maybe serendipitously i i, I don't know was written wholly wholly at night when everyone in my house is asleep, when I maybe had a little too much whiskey, when I'm sitting <laughs> there kind of with with nothing but horror movie soundtracks playing on my record player. And um, it, it was a very specific process in writing that book. And I felt, mm -hmm. um, I, just, I, I just kind of felt myself even drawn to that. Like even every night when I knew all right, I have another 30 pages ahead of me and my wife and I just finished watching the movie and she's going to bed and she's shutting the lights off and I'm migrating towards where I <laughs> where I do my writing in the library and I'm like, all right, I'm going to pour that glass of wine or that glass of whiskey and I'm going to sit down I'm going to get back into this and I'm going to, you know, you know, get back into this. And yeah. it, it, it was, it was, it was a little tough. Very much a, kind of a mood book for that one, seems like. Yeah in a certain mood for it absolutely yeah it's exactly it, it. It, it, just a warning for those uh who haven't read it yet I mean, it's not like a happy christmas time kind of no. <laughs> hallmark channel kind of you know story so i'm not i haven't finished the whole thing yet so no spoilers but no that's i gotta take breaks from it because it's it's pretty deep and yeah. to you know go to read goosebumps or something in between to, <laughs> to keep want, going so i want to get back to black mouth but i want hamlin bird his comment he wrote a i'm talking about music one of those involving Faustian possession uh, in love incorporated rock and roll horror. And his book is a uh, called wayward sons. Which is that cool. come out yet? Is that, yeah, is that, I, I believe it's available now. Awesome. Yeah. I, 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 I believe I've got one of Mr. Bird's books sitting on my nightstand right now. And I know uh, Chad Lutsky read this. He really, he was raving about it. So, you know, so if you, if you trust Chad, then yeah, you take his word for that one. <laughs> Chalowski's a cannibal. Um, <laughs> that's a different story. There, there's one book. Uh, uh, Curtis Lawson's got one. It's not rock music, but it's like uh, 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 orchestra. Black, kind of. Blackhearts. Blackhearts. Yeah, Boys that, that really. I, I like the way it was 
brought music together with horror and everything. So yeah, I see. Actually, I just discovered the chat function over on the. <laughs> he also yeah. asked about December Park. Yeah, novel, uh, what I wrote in college. I wrote December Park in high school. Actually, dang. Yeah, I wrote it in high school. So when I was in high school, I was writing voraciously and you know i hung out with a bunch of guys all we did was like speed around in our cars and you know listen to loud music and nobody was reading books so i was reading books so every time i'd write something i'd give it to my this group of friends to read and they're like fuck, fuck malfie we, <laughs> what is this school we don't want to read this <laughs> so i figured you know what if i wrote a book that they're in maybe they'll read it okay good so i wrote back then i wrote a December Park back then was called The House in the Woods. And I wrote, it was about 300 something pages back then. I was probably in, I don't know, I was like a sophomore in high school, maybe. And I, I wrote it. I used their actual names in it. I gave it to them, like, all right, motherfuckers, read this book. Let me know what you think. And they, you know, they came, oh, this is cool. And you, you know, and of course they were critical of their characters and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say this. Yeah. Yeah. And I got a lot of that. But, and, and honestly, and I really liked the story. It was, a little different than what December Park turned out to be, but I realized two things from that. One is, you know, the first version of December Park had a supernatural antagonist to it, and it didn't work for me. I, I, I just didn't like that aspect of it. Uh, I didn't realize it at the time, but that's that's what one of the hangups I had. The other hangup I had, I realized is I shot myself in the foot. I, I couldn't, I didn't have enough um, f uh, freedom to tell this story and let the characters be who I wanted the characters to be. Like we talked about earlier because right. I based uh -huh. them too much on my friends. Oh, and okay. So yeah. when I wrote, when, so I wrote that in high school, I didn't, I didn't revisit that until I was married and, and living in my house with my wife. And we maybe even had a kid years later. And you realize uh, you should have had different friends. Yeah. I, well, yeah, different <laughs> friends. Yeah. People who were re readers. Now we're, <laughs> where I could kind of take a step back and go, okay, the, I, I could write this. And, and I, I pulled back a little bit. I, this doesn't have to be a book about every stupid thing. Every scene doesn't have to be every stupid thing my friends ever did. I could actually uh -huh. find some cohesion here, find who these characters are, maybe blend some of their traits. So, so the characters in that book as, as December park is now um, are very much the friends I grew up with. There are a lot of blended traits and, mm -hmm motivations that have changed to serve the story and i think that's what worked made the book work is where i said okay I, I don't have to be so true to these knuckleheads that we all grew up together doing stupid shit i could write my story and and keep the heart of uh of this coming of age novel that i that i want to that i want to maintain uh with it it to this day it's one of my favorite books that that i've written um it's a lot of me in it it's, it's a lot of my friends um it's it comes right from the heart you know if you were still friends with them when it was actually December Park, did you send it to him to read? Yeah, I'm, I am still friends with them all. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, um, well, and one guy I lost touch with uh, for years, and we kind of reunited a few years ago. And, uh, you know, it's it's funny, like, since I was a kid, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be a writer one day. And they're like, oh, sure, that's cool. <laughs> and, like, and then, like, I lose touch with a lot of these guys. And I get, like, you know, 10 years later, I get an email. They're like, holy shit, I walked into a bookstore and there's a shelf of your books. And they send me a photo or whatever. So this was one of those guys. And he's like, I read this book. And, um, you know, he kind of flaked off, like, after after college and whatever. And nobody ever heard from him. Or, or And he's like, he's like, man, I read this book. He's like, and and 
he's like, he brought me to tears at the end. He's like, I don't know why I didn't, you know, <laughs> what happened to me? I'm like, hey, look, <laughs> I'm not here for a therapy session. <laughs> yeah, really. It's like, they're looking back now. I'm like, oh, yeah, it man. Was, it was very cool. It was very cool. You we were losers back then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, but no, I am. I'm still, I'm still friends with all those guys. So how early did you start writing? If you wrote, you know, that whole big book back in high school, did you start writing even earlier than that? Oh yeah. I, I was, uh, I was probably about like a, a 10, 11 years old. I, 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 every time I, I, I was very artistic as a kid. So if I read a comic book, I wanted to, make comic books so i drew and you know i draw these pictures if i listen to music i wanted to play in a band so i learned how to play music and and uh -huh. um you know i did that thing same thing with with reading you know with with books i mean i think the first i mean i read a lot when i was younger but the first book that prompted me to write was stephen king's eyes of the dragon that was the first stephen king book i ever read and it's also very different than his other stuff yeah. um, it just happened to be my i think i got it like for christmas from somebody and i read it i was a kid and i'm like ah oh. so i like found this old typewriter at a yard sale. I bought it, took it home. I'm like, I'm going to write my own eyes of the dragon <laughs> story. So I wrote, it was like, a, it was a rip off of like eyes of the dragon and like the video game gauntlet at the time. <laughs> like, oh, I, I made this weird kind of, kind of story. And, uh, it just stuck. I like, I, I wrote that and I'm like, all right, that's done. And I stapled it together and I drew the book cover. I gave it, <laughs> I gave it out nice. to people. I made photocopies. I'm like, I read it, read it. I read a book. I'm like 11 years old. So That's I did awesome. that and then uh, I just kept doing it and doing it. And I have, I have, you can't see where I'm facing now, but I've got like a trunk in that back room over here in my basement where I've got maybe 70 or 80 of those stories, you know? That's and I cool. remember, I remember the, and they all have hand-drawn covers that I did and stuff. <laughs> and I, and I remember like all the, all the mile markers of it. Like I remember the first time I wrote something, it was over a hundred pages. I'm like, oh, here we go. I remember the, and I, this was, all, these were all on like an old manual typewriter. Then I got an electric typewriter and man, how excited was I when I found <laughs> out you can take out the, the little daisy wheel in the electric typewriter and replace it with one that prints in italics. So I could do oh. like an italicized word. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, this is, this is it. mind blowing. Oh, it was great. I never owned a computer until I fucking got married and moved in with my wife. I went through <laughs> college in the nineties. I graduated college in 99. I never owned a computer. I just, well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I have one. Yeah. Language. I mean, I don't think it was that. I don't remember anybody having a computer really. Yeah. I got out of college in 2000. I, I had the electric word processor. Mm -hmm. That's what that's what that's what it was. The electric typewriter. They called it a word processor. Yeah. I was like, hey, we're moving on up. <laughs> that, that's yeah, all man. it did. It didn't do anything else. <laughs> well, no, and, and the screen was this big. I okay. Remember that. So you you write a paper, and then when you had to print it, it was like a typewriter. You put the paper in there and hit print, and it was just typing and typing, and you had to change papers. Oh, memories. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so all of those uh, those seventy or eighty old stories you had when you were younger uh, do you ever look at them and grab ideals from those for future projects are we ever going to see anything are you going to finish one of those oh man you know what i mean they're so they're so rudimentary i i did <laughs> i look I'll, I'll admit to this i did have a deadline looming for for an anthology collection that i had committed to writing something for had no idea for what it was it was very thematically based around something you know and I'm like, ah, you know, this story I wrote when I was like 12 actually fits the bill. <laughs> I went back, I read it. I'm clearly I wasn't going to turn that in, but I rewrote it, <laughs> added my own you know, yeah, it's photocopies it's written in crayon. Like, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> but I will say this. I and, and clearly the, the version I turned in 
was um, more professional, more mature, more here you go, publish it. And it was published in, in, the, in the collection. Um, the one thing I realized from that experience is when you are, when you, when you do this for several years, you do it for a living and you write and you, uh-huh. you it, and it becomes a, a job. Um, the one thing I, I felt I was missing out on is the pure elation that I felt reading that short story as a, when, that I wrote as a kid. And I'm like, it's just leaping off the page. Yeah. I could read that this kid loved just writing this story. Here I am, a middle-aged guy who gets paid to do this, who's digging through a trunk full of his old shit to <laughs> to fulfill an agreement so he can get a paycheck. That is a different man than the, the <laughs> 12-year-old boy who just pumped this out one night in his bedroom, you know, probably one fright night was on the TV and Springsteen <laughs> was in his tape cassette player and his fucking friends are on their bikes outside waiting for him to come out and play. Yeah. The the energy from those old stories is is really something, you know. And it's I don't like, know if maybe I always, lost. Yeah. You look yeah. back, you're like just a kid with the now all these years so jaded. <laughs> it's true, you know, and I, I've got a really good friend of mine um who's who's one of the characters in December Park, I'll, but really good friend of mine who 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 hit me up the other day and he, he lives up in uh, Boston. And, you know, he's just, hey, saw your new book. I grabbed it in the bookstore and he's like, I did kind of like a double take. They had a whole table full of full of your stuff uh, yeah. set up. And he goes, he goes, I just I just had to send you a text and, and uh, you know, kind of say, hey, the the 10, you know, 12 year old you who I grew up with must must be really proud of you. You know, and yeah. I thought that was a very kind and, and insightful thing for my friend to say. And not only that, but it kind of he kind of pulled me back a little bit to reality because he's right. I just never stopped to think about it, you know, mm-hmm. and and I'm like, wow, OK, that's that's deep, you know, <laughs> like as, as much as, you know, like I'm sure being an author is like your dream job. It's still a job now. So it's not the same sort of magical experience as right. it would be as a kid creating something. Yeah. And I still, you know, I still love it and I still get excited about it. And uh, I, it's still the best thing I could ask for as far as a career goes. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like anything else. I mean, the, the way I looked at it when I was a kid, you know, you do get jaded when you're older. You know, yeah. those things do change. Um, but you really should take those, start like a new, the trunk series. Robert Malfi, the trunk series, you know, expand them and make them, you know, make them readable. I've got, so I've got a friend of mine. Slide series, you know. (laughs) I've got a friend of mine. He's a, he's a horror movie director, a guy named Kevin Kangas. And he was telling me, uh, he he had this, I'm I'm probably going to fuck him up by saying this out loud. (laughs) He's like, no, he's like, man, I think about approaching a publisher and seeing if I can get, like, put out an anthology of all famous authors early unpublished shitty first stories this way people can see that they were shit too at some point you know i'm like that's actually a really good idea (laughs) now i don't know who you're gonna get to give you shit but yeah (laughs) who's gonna agree to do that one but yeah (laughs) kangas really steve knows kangas (laughs) yeah Yeah. so is there is there anything else that you wrote when you're younger like the december park story that you have gone back and redone and actually published other than the uh, short story in December Park or yeah the only one that was similar to that was Floating Staircase. Um I wrote a, I wrote this book Floating Staircase it came, you know I, I wrote that um I I'd say a, a version of it in college 
And again, mm-hmm. it something was I, I didn't really understand what I was trying to say in that book, set it aside and um, came back to it years later and just understood it better. And, okay. you know, and I probably have things now <laughs> that years from now I'll publish that I'm working <laughs> on. I've got a book right now that's a thousand fucking pages that's been sitting in a drawer for 10 years and I don't know what the hell to do with it. And it's wow. Every time I take it out, I'm like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> But like whatever. when you have something like that, that you've, I mean, a thousand pages, you put obviously some time and effort into that. Do you ever feel like, oh, this might not come out right, but do you ever feel like it's wasted because you are kind of stuck with it now? You don't know what to do with it? Or did that inform maybe another story down the line or, you know, anything? Yeah, like I mean, that? it informs other stories down the line. Sometimes you, you do, you write these things and you kind of, you cannibalize parts of them to use for something else. I'll say this. I mean, I've got, I don't know. I've published 20, 21 novels in in my career so far. For every mm-hmm. novel published, I've probably written three that no one's ever read. They, yeah. They're sitting in a box somewhere. I you know, I, not so much anymore as I've gotten older. But when I was younger, for every book I was publishing every year, I was writing three other ones, and they never saw the light of day just because, for whatever reason, you know, I yeah, you know, whatever reason. Um, yeah. So I never felt it was wasted. It was always kind of honing my craft, learning. Mm-hmm you know, things about it. And, um, yeah, that's just, I, I guess that's the nature of it. I probably, probably most writers are, are like that, you know? Yeah. I'm so sure everyone writes stuff in here probably have the same, you know, yeah. same trunks with shit in it. Like I do. <laughs> Was it a uh, Tyler Jones? I think said he had written like eight novels before right. he published his first one. And they're just, yeah. no one's ever seen them before. Yeah. No, is the, uh, the thousand page uh, book. Is that horror? Is that thriller? Is that mystery or, yeah, it's, it's everything. A, it's everything. It's space, above. space erotica, Jay. <laughs> yeah. So, so the thousand-page book. It's actually nine hundred eighty pages. Comes next Technical, year. technical. <laughs> nine hundred eighty. It is. It is my homage to, um, just eighties pulp horror. So it's a little. Oh. It's 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 not as uh, you know ambiguous and cerebral as I like to think the stuff I'm doing now is. This is a straight up just. You know, I think it's got like 14 main characters in it. It's all over the place. It's like that that sort of small town horror that we all read in the 80s, where every right. book was like 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 as thick as a Bible. You know. Yeah. Um, I really like it. It's got some problems with it, and it's, you know, I, I, I don't know. It may somebody may read it someday. I don't know. We'll see. I lo- I love Paul Poor. I need to read that one. I love yeah, the small town coming of yeah. age. But uh, Victoria's got a question, sort of circling back to Blackmouth in a way. Uh, and if you do research, how do you do research for something like childhood trauma, addiction, et cetera? Or do you do any research? That'd be some sad research for Blackmouth. I know. I, I tell you. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I'm not a big research guy. I mean, most of my, like, my research, particularly, you know, with Blackmouth had to do with more of, okay, if somebody's in rehab, what's the time frame of rehab? Like, like those yeah. particular aspects of it the 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 emotional aspect of it the trauma that these characters suffer that just is um i mean you you know you 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 live a life in reality you know people you see things you could kind of some of the stuff's on the news every day you know yeah i mean it's not sadly it's not really a um you know it's it's not that unusual to, to get into it. You know, um, I, I've known people with addictions. I, you know, I, uh, you know, everybody's got 
things from their past that they think about. And all you have to do is go, okay, well, what happens if that thing never goes away? What if it's this and this and this and this, and where does that lead you? You know, uh -huh. um, not a lot, not a lot of research in that regard, just kind of really. And that's why it was the, the writing process for that book was the, the dim the lights. Everybody goes to bed. I'm focused in my story and I got to get into these characters heads and, and get back to where they're coming from. So it's just right. about knowing those characters. Do you ever, uh, are you ever afraid? Or do you ever think about offending people with some of this subject matter? Not really. I don't care. Okay. Uh, you know, <laughs> he's I, like, fuck them. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, that's the answer I was looking for. I, I, who, who, who was it? Joe Lansdale. Told Lansdale. Us, if you're not offending somebody, you're not doing it right. So yeah, yeah. I, but, but I, I think sometimes people are afraid to do that and are afraid to, uh, you know, put it out there. Push the envelope some. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've got a scene uh, in Blackmouth with a dog that yes. I've taken a lot of heat for in reviews and, and stuff. And, you know, for whatever particular reason, there are a group of people who just don't like things happening to animals. And that's their prerogative. Fuck them. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I, 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 you know, you, you, here's the problem. People need to learn how to read. Okay, not write, but learn how to read. And if you're reading something and if you don't like it, then that's not your cup of tea. Then you move on. And I'm not saying everybody needs to say, hey, read a book that's got this scene that you don't like. No, you don't like it. Don't read it. That's your prerogative. Um, but don't be so haughty to, to sit there and, and go, well, this doesn't belong in this novel. Like, oh, okay. What are you fucking, uh, Johann Gutenberg? <laughs> you fucking right. know what goes in my, in the print, printing press? No, I, look. I, I, there are, I don't think anything is off the table if you do it in a way that gets your point across and resonate. I don't even say you've got to do it like, um, if your book is not a classy book, then you fucking do it classy. You do it the way you want it to, to get your point across. Yeah. And, you know, I don't write overly gory stuff. I don't write overly sexual stuff. I don't write, you know, my, my stuff is pretty, um, it's it's real life horror. It's it's real. Yeah. I think it's real life. It's, it's not over the top yeah. extreme stuff. It's not. And like Victoria well, said, you, 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 she doesn't like the the doll killing part. Obviously, I don't like that either. But mm -hmm. you move on because you're reading a piece of fiction. Yeah. You know, it's but, not like and, and you may not like it, but that's my point. Yeah. That yeah. you shouldn't like. No one should read that chapter. And go. Oh yeah. Yes. Fuck <laughs> that. I gotta no put that in. That. You know. But the problem I have is. A lot of people said that was unnecessary. Well, if you think it's unnecessary, you you don't know how to read. You miss the point of the book, um, or or at least the point of that character in that book. Um, mm -hmm. You 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 can't. It's it's funny, and this is this is pervasive throughout really throughout the the horror genre. You get readers who are like, you know, scare the shit out of me. I want a book that's gonna wreck me and just do this stuff but here are my trigger warnings i don't like high calorie photos <laughs> i don't like dog <laughs> i don't like sharks don't turn off the lights don't don't show me zombie i'm like what the fuck like then yeah. you don't like horror <laughs> go somewhere else <laughs> you know it, it, there's a difference too i think with it that um I, i've read some over top gory extreme stuff where it has nothing to do with the actual story you know <laughs> it's like it's it's so out of place it's so like what the hell is this stuff you know but if it has something to do with the actual story, like Black Mouth, it does. You know, it's involved with it. It's a little different. I can, I can handle it. <laughs> and that's the that's the point of horror, anyway. It's to make you uncomfortable. Like yeah. I think Catron Awards said that last episode. Like you're not supposed to like feel all great and safe and comfortable when you're reading a horror book. That's not the point of it. 
Right. So killing yeah. the dog or doing whatever it is that makes you uncomfortable, that's the whole point to make you feel that way. And, it, you know, whether it's talking about addiction or other social, you know, commentaries or whatever it is, you're not mm-hmm. supposed to feel comfortable when you're reading these books. <laughs> like you said, Jeffrey Dahmer would have been excited at that part, killing the yeah. dog in the comments. I mean, that would have been yeah. the one like, yes, more of this, you know? <laughs> no, it's just, and I, th- that was not even a, that was not even a scene that I had, had planned to put in there. Like we were talking about earlier, the natural progression of where that character's arc was headed brought me yeah. to that spot. So I go, all right, yeah. well, here's where we're at. And as ugly as this is, this is the scene. So, you know, yeah. and I'm sure for you, like, you know, you're, you're putting it in the book because it's your story, but you're not like, yes, I'm ready to kill this dog. I'm so excited for it. You're probably like, oh, this is going to suck too, but you're writing it for, you're not writing it for people to be, you're to prove anybody. yeah, you're not writing it for you know, anyone. Like what's a uh, Lansdale says, write like everyone, you know, is dead. Man. Like, you're not writing it for someone else. You're writing it for yourself. I'm not writing even writing for myself. If you're not writing for the the truth and the honesty of that character at that particular time, then you are failing. So uh-huh. if if anybody has a problem with what that character does, fine, you may not like it, but I would challenge you to find how it doesn't fit in with how I've set that character up to right. be. So mm-hmm. that that's the that's the difference there. I you know I I, I there's plenty of things that I don't uh, like to read. I either don't go into it and read it or or I recognize that it, why it works in the story that I read and, and I move on. But, um, you know, just to, to say, well, that shouldn't be in there because I don't like when dogs die. Well, yeah, that's your fucking problem. But, <laughs> you know, let's let's disregard the fact that children die and, and other in this. Book. I know. So what sociopath are you that you've got a fucking problem with this dog? That and and these kids, you're cool with the kids. It's like I'm, I'm well, a weird guy. I mean, the, the, the children is like you know number three or four in the list, you know. But number one's a dog. That's, that's funny because that don't happen in movies all the time. Like all these people are getting murdered and everything, and no one cares. And then the animal dies, and everyone gets so upset about the animal. I don't all these like other animals. people have been murdered. <laughs> I don't like people or animals. I like plants, veggie like, things that like I like a pepper plant. That's nice. <laughs> Nice. So you'd be offended by plant horror then, right? We don't want to kill the plants. <laughs> I'm not offended by anything, really. I know. <laughs> bad writing. I'm, I'm offended by bad writing. You're offended writing. by bad writing. <laughs> Jeez. What do you say? We uh, hop to a game here and get your game on. You'll play a game? Oh, we'll play it up a little bit. Game. Play some horror movie trivia, which will probably go horribly, but like all the other games on the show go. So. <laughs> That's the whole point. <laughs> no, yeah. It's, it's, am I it's wrong supposed to in... go bad. I, in in thinking that I saw uh, Rebecca Rowland pop up it in a comment box in the bottom. Rebecca yeah, Rowland is here. She she's hold on. A friend of the show. Yeah. She had a very um. Where can we go? A very classy comment. Fucked up. I saw I saw her name. Pop- <laughs> there it is. Yeah. <laughs> I saw her yeah. name. We were talking about her earlier, and I just title of her next book. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't want her involved. If we're gonna go like if we're doing horror trivia, I'm cool with that. She. I'm pretty well versed in music, but I think she would beat the pants off me in '80s '80s rock trivia. <laughs> so. Rebecca, he listened to that uh, that episode. I did listen to that. We episode. were talking about it backstage. The, he listened to the uh, your episode <laughs> with the '80s uh, stuff that we made Brad very uncomfortable with. So I was, yeah, I was. It was like horror for me. I was so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, we'll play. Uh, we'll play some probably really bad movie trivia that are either really obvious or it's gonna. Be like crickets because no one's gonna know the answer. The cheesier the better. (laughs) 
Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. There, there was our budget for the year. Yeah, there's our budget. <laughs> so we'll I don't, we'll do about ten questions or so. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Okay. Are we going against you, each other, or do I know we'll these let, already? Uh, no, they're straight off the internet, Jay. Fresh. <laughs> so we'll let, we'll let Ron go first. If he doesn't get it right, we'll see if Jay can guess it. Just, just right. for the record, I'm gonna look like an asshole now. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just for the record, last year's Halloween episode, I got stuff off the internet, and it turned and it out was really bad. Just so you know, <laughs> bad but good because it was yeah. absolutely because you got slap happy. Passed out. Could not go. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. So we'll start off with maybe can, an easy can I one. get can I get people to comment in and, and throw me like if I want to phone a yeah. friend? Oh, they will exactly. use a lifeline. Yeah. Okay. Whether you tell yeah. them to or not, they will. Victoria's no lifeline. So uh what song is played at the beginning of Halloween 2? Mm. <laughs> Halloween 2. <laughs> it, it's not John Carpenter's theme. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna say don't fear the Reaper. No, Jay, you have a guess? It's That's not in every horror movie. It's not, it's not, don't fear the Reaper. It's not, I really think else. you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you're wrong, internet. Uh, I guess all for a few minutes and look it up. I don't know. Just, just go watch the movie. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's Mr. Sandman. Oh. Uh, we're, we're already sinking like a lead. We're sinking. Man. It's going Wait, bad. Wait, <laughs> somebody does put up a good point though. Which Halloween, too? I'm assuming it's the original Halloween Two yeah. from the eighties. Instead of pull their horror card, not the Rob Zombie Horror Two. Yeah, right. yeah. What, what plays a Halloween Rob Zombie one? Like a white zombie song, or probably. So I, I failed. I failed on the horror part and the music part of this. It was extremely <laughs> embarrassing. The two things you're supposed to be good at. Yeah. <laughs> what next on the drinking part? Let's let's go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll do we'll do an easier one. What breed of dog is Cujo? It's a Saint Bernard. St. Bernard. What is the last name of the vampire-loving brothers in the Lost Boys? F- frog, right? Frog. Is That's it? right. Okay. Am I, How much should money? I be, is, am, am I stepping on someone else's toes? Should I be answering no. all of these? Okay. Yeah, you're, no, you're answering it, all it, of them. It's for oh, you. I'm oh. answering all. Okay. <laughs> How much money did Arnie pay for Christine in the horror movie of the same name? How much money did he pay for the car? 1500 Lower than that. Fourteen ninety nine. Price is right. Fourteen ninety eight. You have a guess, Jay? Jay, go ahead. Five hundred. I don't. I don't remember. Closer. It's two fifty. Two hundred fifty dollars. Wow. Okay. That wasn't a very interesting question. <laughs> it's the internet's fault, Jay. <laughs> Let's see. Um, after Johnny and Sarah's date in the dead zone, what does Johnny spend the next four years doing? <laughs> Sleeping that's, in a coma? That, yeah, in a coma. That's kind of a messed up question. What if my what, response what, was, what, what kind of car did he have? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Which star of the poltergeist was murdered by her boyfriend? It was uh, Dominique Dunn. That's yeah. her. That's the actress's name, and her, and she played Dana, the oldest daughter of the Freeling family. Who, if you actually read the novelization of Poltergeist, she was the daughter of Stephen Freeling's first marriage. She's actually okay. not the daughter. Of, I'm sorry. That's, I'm a Poltergeist. Guy. <laughs> no, no. Keep going into it. No, I didn't know that she was. I didn't know she was murdered. Yeah. That's crazy. And I'm going to watch. Hour, watch after we get show. off of this call, I'm watching Poltergeist with my kids tonight. That's our Halloween tradition. 
you, nice. you know what? My my oldest, she's 13 now, but when she was uh, 10, we let her watch it. She thought it was so lame. I still can't <laughs> get over it. She thought it was, she's like, is that it? Really? So, yeah. I got a question. Who 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 actually do, who do you think actually directed Poltergeist? You think it was Spielberg? Yes. Yeah, I do. It totally is a Spielberg it, movie. It, it like, you feels can, like you it, can, yeah. You can just feel that it's Spielberg. Yeah. <laughs> you're, talking about, <laughs> you're talking about this movie a minute ago fright night what is the name of the vampire in fright night larry or something <laughs> close it sounds like larry it's something like that you're right you're beating right around the bush like gary larry barry barry you're you're hitting all of them except the one jay you got a guess something that rhymes with what he just said that he didn't say yet jim carrey i don't, I don't know <laughs> that's Jerry Danridge. Jerry. 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 Oh, what a that I should have known that. This one's probably pretty easy. How many survivors are there at the end of the thing? And if for bonus points, what are their names? Well, hold on. That's a, that's actually <laughs> a trick question. So, well, on screen there's two, but arguably there's one, right? Isn't that the whole yeah. point of the end of the thing? So who who on screen is still alive? Do you remember their names? R.J. McCready and that black guy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know his name, Jay? No, I don't. Childs. Childs was his Childs. name. Child. I, I'm hor- right. like, yeah. I am so horrible. Like when I start watching the movie, see fucking they Rebecca say, already got that too. I see her. On they the say the names. I, I forget the names right away of all the characters. So Child is the thing. Do you think it was with Childs or do you think it was McGrady? Well, I, I do have. Frankly, I don't think it's with either one of them because there's a bit okay. of a uh, plot hole. If you, ah, I'm not going to get it. I don't want to fuck up the thing like two <laughs> nights before Halloween for everybody. <laughs> How do we get on this? Like the, but the next episode is going to be a watch party. We're good. Watch, we, <laughs> we should, should totally go watch party sometime. Yeah, that'd be badass. <laughs> let's see. Let's let's try to see we get two more good ones here. Why start now? We'll start. <laughs> What is the orderly's name in the asylum that houses Dr. Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs? Barney. That's a, that's a deep one. Got it. And we'll finish we'll one more. Let's see. That's too easy. And I know what you did last summer. Whose body does Julie find in the back of her car? That's your that's your closing question. <laughs> is that a bad one? That you got? That's a bad one. That's a bad one? We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll switch it up. All right. Let's see. You're thinking way too hard for these. I'm trying to find a good one. Okay, this is good. This is a good movie. In the film The Fly, Veronica notices physical changes on what part of Seth's body? His shoulder blade. Yeah, it says his back, but we'll count yeah, shoulder blade. That's the hair is right on his shoulder. Yeah, I love that movie. That's a movie so good. That is that's that's a fantastic movie. That's one of the you talk about like remakes that just crush the originals that's that's it <laughs> flies good. Uh, you, so good i think i think that was one of our more successful games where they mostly got the answers right <laughs> we had a good enough oh i can't remember the author's name i'm horrible with names but it was like all australian trivia because he lives in australia <laughs> and he got like none of them right <laughs> what was his name that's gonna bother me uh, is that the trivia the final trivia question is what is the australian author's name yeah, what is this oh, 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 oh. mark taus Mark Taus, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He was like, he'd lived there for so many years. Like, I don't know anything about Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was in future. Yeah. I know. It was weird. It was like Friday night for us and Saturday afternoon for him already. 
<laughs> so you were talking about um, you're going to watch Poltergeist with your kids. Do you have any other Halloween traditions since that's coming up on Monday? Anything that's else our, you do? That's normally? our big one. We watch Poltergeist every Halloween weekend, and we demolish an entire box of Frankenberry cereal while we watch it. So that's that's what nice. We what do, what do you think of the uh, Poltergeist remake? I mean. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. There was a Poltergeist remake. That's I still I don't mean. know what to think of it. Like I, I just saw it not too long ago, and I was like, "What, what is this?" I don't know why we, we remake movies like that. <laughs> I know there's there's so many. No, author of the room. That's uh, Alan Baxter. We were talking about Mark Taus. Yeah, Alan Baxter, Steve Petty. <laughs> Come on. So I want to ask you, or I wanted to say, give you a thank you for Blackmouth that you included Lexington, Kentucky, because I live in Kentucky, and we don't ever get recognized for anything. So I was like, yes. And then you don't just mention it. Like they actually go there and everything. Yeah. Lexington. Well, that's, so you've got that <laughs> to your name now. <laughs> go put, go put on a sign now entering yeah. Lexington, Kentucky mentioned in a book. In Black Mouth. <laughs> I like, I like small, I like all kinds of small town. Well, Lexington is not really a small town, but I, I like, Man, I just like the whole idea of motels, car driving, staying in little small towns where everybody knows everybody else's business, and that's a that's a it's always good food for. Uh... You live in a motel, Brad? No. Well, it's, it's funny. He said small town, and that's like our <laughs> second biggest city in the whole state. <laughs> yeah. So is that just something random you just pulled, or have you ever been to, through Lexington? For no, I've been. Uh, you know what? I've been. There's there's probably not a city I haven't been to in this country. So <laughs> well, I I yeah, I. Well, I, used I to, road trip all the time and and I, i've been all over i've been to lexington i've been to louisville you know mm-hmm. and well, probably all you, you got now that i'm thinking about it those are the two <laughs> i can tell you've bowling been to louisville. down there i think bowling green bowling green there, right? yeah. yeah bowling green's down in the yeah. i don't know eastern western so, it's somewhere it's funny I, ha- I have i have a little soft spot in my heart for kentucky because when i first started writing horror when i was 11 years old or whatever uh-huh. um and I would see like these horror movies. Everything looked like it was in Kentucky. Like even the fucking Stephen <laughs> King movie. I didn't know what Maine was. I'm like, I don't know. It looks like Kentucky to me, right? So <laughs> I created this fake town called Astroville, Kentucky. And I even drew okay. a map. I still have the fucking map somewhere in, in a trunk. But um, that was like my, like Kentucky was like my state. I'm like, oh yeah. Every short That's story awesome. I'm going to write is going to take place in this weird town in Kentucky with all the <laughs> cornfields and scarecrows and churches and what my idiot idea of Kentucky was. <laughs> Kentucky yeah. was. Well, you totally need to bring that back because I would, I would eat that up. I'd buy every copy. <laughs> the only thing I can think of is I'd go back and go, wow, 12 year old me really got Kentucky <laughs> right. <laughs> like the only thing I can think of that's based in Kentucky is Devil's Creek from Todd Kiesling. That's yeah, like the big great, one. Great book. Todd's that's great. awesome. Oh, yeah. You'll make Kentucky like a tourist spot if you just use it for all of your books. Well, now in, they've got the, the Alpha uh, universe. There you go. And they uh, just opened up that bookstore in Louisville, which everyone's been talking about. So I'm that's pumped right. for that. Yeah, that's cool. Well, there's, you know, you and Butcher Beard who wants to read. And Laurel, Laurel's here. Laurel Hightower's here. Yeah, Laurel Hightower's here. Gotta give her some so That's why they opened it. Yeah. <laughs> she lives in Lexington, so. <laughs> so with uh, with your books, it's like, I like Blackmouth. I like what Blackmouth represents, like the, the sort of the cave-in and the teeth coming up is what it looks like. I love that description of it. Do you... When you do things like that, do you, like we were talking to Keelan Patrick Burke and he goes to certain places to sort of get in the mood for the setting. Like he said, he's writing a book in Tennessee. So he went to the Smoky Mountains recently to sort of immerse himself in the location. Do you not necessarily travel anywhere, but do you do anything like that? Like find a picture 
on the internet, like this is a really cool location. I want to write, incorporate that to a story somehow, or how does how does that come about? Like your locations in your books. I, I wish I had that. Luxury. Just just make it all up as you go. I, I was going to say someplace with, else. No, so, I sit so in my so rehab on purpose to yeah. research <laughs> black mouth. So no, I I just make shit up. I yeah, <laughs> I wish I can go. I wish I could do that. If he lets me know next time he's going to be in fucking. Great Smoky Mountains. I'll meet him there. <laughs> Let me know. Yeah. yeah, he said he was there for like a week, just chilling, writing the book. So yeah, was, and it sounds like a cool book too. There's a collaboration. He's great, He's great yeah. too. Yeah. Do you ever do collaborations with anyone? Or have you thought about doing it? Um, I, like I, I said, he lives, on... he lives on my town. I could probably get you guys connected. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, it's stalking for I, you. Yeah, I've done it on some scripts for TV pilots and stuff, uh, and that was. And I, I didn't even know the writer, so that was sort of oh. like a, it's like a jousting session a little bit. Um, yeah. I have, uh, I love the author Greg Gafune. I don't know if you guys are familiar uh -huh. with his work. Um, yeah. and, and a couple of years ago, we we had started writing a novel together that we got pretty far into, and then because other projects came up for for him and me, that we had to kind of put it put it aside. Um, we got pretty far, and it's pretty good, and and we just we were. He, he, we, we were good friends. We, we really get along and we have the same kind of, uh, sensibilities, uh, story, mm -hmm. story wise, uh, you know, um, and the book is just really kind of cool. Uh, we haven't had a chance to revisit it yet, but I'd, I'd like to think maybe I'd go, we'd go back and, and do pick up where we left off with that. It's hard to do when you don't outline and map out where you're going. <laughs> yeah. Half the time, I don't know where the fuck I'm going. Now I got to worry about this guy also following me you know or or vice versa you know so, so how was that going were, were you like writing a chapter and then talk to him chapter. he writes a chapter or yeah we kind of had a really man i don't even know if we had an, a story idea i think how it started was maybe i don't even remember who started it. either he wrote the beginning or i wrote the beginning sent it to the other guy then the other guy wrote chapter two and mm -hmm. it was neat because it involves these two guys who knew each other when they were younger at this boarding school. And now they have to get back together and, and they don't trust each other because of what happened. And we kind of really like unroll what happened between them. So we were writing each chapter in first person from that character's point of view. But we like we each got like a character. So like this yeah. character is my guy. That character is his guy. And that's how we were doing. It was really interesting. And it read pretty cool. Um, but like I said, we I mean, he's he is. A, a consummate busy guy like he's always working um i i was busy doing some other stuff and it just kind of it was it was a passion project that we were just kind of were working on it it still exists in some form somewhere maybe it'll maybe it'll come out someday so like what if what if one of you wrote a chapter that totally screwed up the next chapter for the next for the opposite yeah person. that happened that happened a couple of times yeah we were like what the fuck are you doing i thought we talked about doing this and the other guy's right. like oh i thought we'd go here but you know it's we're, we're very we're, we're very similar in our approach to horror fiction so mm -hmm. you know we're we're pulling back our punches in the in in the same places we're knowing when to deliver the punches in the same places we were we had a very good chemistry with that um i mean it may come out someday i you know it's just something that we'd worked on and, and it's sad and but it, i really it, like that idea though that you know you're writing from the first person perspective of one character so you don't know what's in the other you know guy's head so it almost is like you know they don't trust each other like you're talking about because they don't really know what's you as the author don't have control of all the characters like you normally would and you're in everybody's head yeah. you're just in that one guy's head that's a cool yeah. concept i like that a lot 
Well, the hardest part is so even though I'm even though each one of us was was telling it in first person from our our specific characters' point of view, when we go to the other person's chapter, it was a real testament to how close, how, how good of a writer you were and how good of a reader you were to mm -hmm. take those same traits for the other person's character. You know, I could write a scene where from my my character's point of view and they're in a diner and they're talking but i gotta write his character correctly yeah. even though it's from my point of view that takes a lot of astute kind of attention to what's going mm -hmm. on um and we pulled it off i mean it worked we really just hit a groove with it but you know i was at, at the time when that happened he was in the middle of like 14 book <laughs> contracts uh i had a book deal that i, I was finishing up i was doing some movie tv show things at the time that were taking a lot of my time up um so unfortunately that project just kind of stalled but it's there i mean we could yeah. always you know go back come back to it yeah and plot twist at the end the two or just one actually one person so. <laughs> god pull damn the, it no well, now i'm not gonna write it <laughs> all right pull, pull the fight club I, didn't read, twist. I didn't read it or anything yeah i just totally spoiled it for everybody Oh, do you uh, do you like of all of your uh, works? Uh, what you said 21, 22 novels and everything else. Where's a good place for someone to start? Like Brad just now starting with you, he hopped in the black mouth. Is that a good spot because mm -hmm. it's the newest, or just somebody check, uh, like come with me? Or, yeah, I mean, look, any I mean, any of my stuff is, is a good place to start, I guess. Um, yeah. you know, uh, black mouth right now is probably. I feel Black Mouth is sort of at the pinnacle of what I'm I'm trying to do genre-wise. Come with me. Mm -hmm. Come with me is is has kind of become its own thing. It's it's yeah. been my best-selling book. It's it's got some movie TV show interest and and that we've been back and forth dealing with that stuff. Uh it's a little bit different than my other stuff, but voice-wise I think you get a good picture of who I am as as a writer um mm -hmm. so i yeah i'd say those two books maybe or if you just uh, want a fucking fun time ghost <laughs> yeah. your ghost victoria had a question earlier um because we we're talking about your movies and stuff and writing scripts has anything been actually adapted to film that you've written or just optioned and Not, stuff nothing has made it to the screen so we've we've gotten far on I me mean, pretty much every book i've written has been option and there's been scripts written and there's been you know directors hired and then fired and, and everything. So I've seen that happen a million times. Um, we're starting the process now again for, for more, you know, more, more of my stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So no, I mean, the, the, the short answer is none of my, none of my stuff has made it to screen. That's based on my books. Um, if you really want to deep dive uh, a little secret that I have is I, I have written movies and, and a directed one uh, okay. under a secret name that I don't tell uh -oh. other people about. But if you if you go on uh, IMDb and you look up the screenwriter and film director Robbie Ribspreader, uh, <laughs> Robbie Ribspreader has quite the volume of work. Uh, a lot of which you can see for free right now on like Tubi or any of those streaming services. <laughs> I would I would recommend everybody tonight watch a movie called The Midnight Disease. That uh, if you're paying attention, you will see uh, everyone in my family in the background at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I did a lot of that kind of stuff uh, with with pen names for for like back back in the day when there was like that direct video market, you know, and mm -hmm. uh -huh. um, like they you know when YouTube's or uh, uh, 
Netflix started. They were sending like DVDs out in the mail. I yeah. was doing, oh, like, yeah. writing a lot of horror movies for filmmakers up in Canada uh, under that pen name. Straight like like B level exploitative horror. You know, <laughs> they they were they were a blast. And and really the the pen name uh, kind of freed me up to write whatever the fuck I wanted. You know, because I yeah. didn't feel obligated to to do whatever. Um, right. And those movies, as a result of that, those movies are just fucking bananas. So they're, <laughs> they're a lot of fun. Well, they're supposed to be those B level ones. Yeah, that's, that's what you hope for. So you no, said that was Robbie Rid Robbie Ribspreader. Robbie Ribspreader. Yeah, you can check out it. So I, I, I Robbie Ribspreader uh, wrote and directed a movie called The Midnight Disease that that was done local. To, to my area uh but he also uh -huh. did a lot of a lot of movies that were uh up in canada and stuff like that too so. I, I think about my, my movie night sorted now i think i know what i'm well, watching tonight i apologize in advance <laughs> <laughs> i'll send you an angry you know shake fist email if i don't like oh, it oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> like why did you kill the dog now <laughs> hey look what i found found it right now did you find it, it? <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice <laughs> look at that filmography yeah, he's. Yeah. I, I did a lot of movies, or Robbie did a lot of movies. Robbie did a lot of movies. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your friend Robbie, <laughs> my friend Robbie. It was funny. There was a period where, like, back when that started, like in 2006 or whenever I started doing that stuff, uh, you like all those like online journals, like Live Journal and stuff, were popular. So Robbie Ribspreader had his own online <laughs> journal where he would critique my books every time they came out and say how much they sucked. And this was like. <laughs> He would just go. He would just rail about how awful every fucking book I wrote was, and you know, <laughs> good old some, Robbie. Some of the uh, some of the oh. names here: uh, Suburban Madness, Crawler, uh, She Demons of the Black Sun. Yeah. Okay. We'll leave the rest for everybody else to look up there. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah Crawler. Crawler was so. If you like a movie about a homicidal uh bulldozer that is also really an alien that lays <laughs> eggs and also turns people into zombies that is your movie <laughs> i'm set for the rest of the year for this there I'll, you go I'll, so I'll you're, you're welcome now <laughs> yeah. if you can find half of those movies i was gonna I say we got we got to find them now how are we gonna yeah. find these so was the that only one was i that know is, is is the midnight diseases out there that's the only one i know that's out if, if i could find all of these i would totally do reviews of these on my channel just uh <laughs> screw people up yeah. Oh, and so I would be remiss if I didn't select that my friend earlier, uh, Kevin Kangas, uh, who I mentioned, I did write a segment for his latest movie, or yeah, his latest movie called uh, "It's in Territory 2. It's a sequel to Territory. Uh, <laughs> but I wrote, a, I wrote a segment of that movie for him where probably against my better judgment, Kangas, I used my real name. But no, and uh -oh. Doom to Consume. Yes, thank you, Hamlin. Yeah. Yes, there's Doom to Consume. I did the music on that movie too. So what a what a train wreck! That's cool. That. <laughs> no, it was fun. I love them all. They're all they're 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 a fucking blast. I love it. Yeah. So is, is that almost like escapism for you, getting to write just, just these wild Absolutely. movies that you Absolutely. probably would never write a book about? That's exactly what it is. When 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 my book career became work, and I uh -huh. kind of some of the fun got stripped out of it. I said, "Fuck it, I'll make this. I'll make Robbie Ribspreader write some horror <laughs> movies." And and how how that started is, I just went online. I found uh independent film directors throughout the u.s up in canada all over the place and i just sent them a thing and i said hey <laughs> i 
I said, I didn't, I don't even think I ever introduced them with, with my real name. I had a Robbie Rib Spreader email and everything. I said, <laughs> and they just like, Rib Spreader, he sounds legit. Let me, well, <laughs> yeah, well, it's trip. like, so I, so if they, you know, they didn't fill out the check to Robbie, did they? <laughs> uh, well, it was cashed, so probably, okay, <laughs> I came friendly with, with them after doing, I did several movies with a couple of them, but, um, the whole thing, the whole gimmick was, hey, I know as a, as a local filmmaker, independent guy, the shittiest part is coming up is writing a script and they have, uh -huh. a, I said, look, here's, here's what I'm going to propose. I said, I, I can do this so quick. and so good for you. <laughs> I will get you. Tell me what you want your next movie to be. I will give you a script for free. You make it here. Nice. It is. And I said, if you like it, you come back to me for your next one and I'll, and we'll talk money. And they all did. So I wrote a free script for all those directors, sent it out there. They made these movies. They all came back. They're like, this worked great. What's what's the deal? I'm like, well, <laughs> what's the next one? Here's now that it, just like just like a drug dealer. I'm like, now that I got you hooked, <laughs> yeah. uh, here's what we're gonna do. So like I, you know, so we came up with like a, a an amenable agreement on what what it would pay, what Robbie would get paid, you know, <laughs> and to, to to keep his to keep his habits in line, and uh, and I did a, I did a bunch of movies or Robbie did a bunch of movies. Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna find it like a midnight pulp one one time surfing through. Like, hey, I know this one. <laughs> now, I, I will. I will say that not every Robbie Ribspreader film has has me attached to it. Robbie Ribspreader became a uh, ubiquitous pen name for <laughs> other people who. It's like the okay. Alan Smithy of the horror writing world. You know, <laughs> so don't blame me for every Robbie Ribspreader, but you can blame me for I'm the Frankenstein of the Frankenstein monster. <laughs> So that was almost like recapturing your childhood, you know, enjoyment with yeah. writing the, the little stories. You get to just go wild with these movies. Yeah, absolutely. And did crazy. that in turn fuel your creativity for your books then sort of, you know, you wrote this crazy movie and then that inspired you to write, you know, whatever book. No, it was the opposite. I, I, I was writing books <laughs> seriously. And then I'm like, Oh fuck it. I'll just have this scene where I don't know, maybe this girl grows a penis on her arm and fucks this guy <laughs> to death. And, and, and that scene happened. That's actually in a movie. So <laughs> uh, I, I got to find these now. I gotta... <laughs> I ha there's a shelf of DVDs back there of the Robbie rib spreader shrine. So, uh. so you should start burning some DVDs and mailing them out to people. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, you know, those were fun i i'd like to pick up on doing yeah if you're out if you want a rib spreader script let me know i may know a guy so. <laughs> yeah. they're fun yeah. i just got a question sort of winding down do you have a anything you can talk about as far as what you've got coming up i know ghost writer or ghost written just came out black mouth is fairly new as well yeah. do you have anything else in the works coming out soon uh I you, you can actually talk about yeah i've got without saying too much i've got a uh, an out of print collection of stuff that I'm putting. I have got a lot of stuff that's out of print. I'm I'm getting mm -hmm. that coming out. Uh, that'll okay. probably be the next thing that comes out. Um, and then uh, I'm not going to go into details, but I am working on a new novel right now that was before I even pitched it as a novel was sold for a TV series, and oh, then the okay. pandemic fucking killed that deal. Yeah. Uh, but it's still a viable concept and i liked it and i'm like oh, i'll take it as a I'll write it as a book so that's kind of where i'm going okay nice yeah. and what's like when you uh sort of your stuff that's out of print you're putting it back out are you doing that yourself or is it with some publisher or and that's with the publisher yeah okay have you I ever don't trust been... myself to self <laughs> i was saying <laughs> have you ever self-published anything or has it always been with with some publisher yeah no it's always been with the publisher i i haven't uh 
with every passing year, I kind of think about trying to do that, but you know what, there's a lot, uh, and I know a lot of guys have been successful with that, but there's so much marketing and algorithms mm-hmm. and, and everything involved in that, that I just, I, I don't want to have to worry about wrapping my head around. So I, you know, for now yeah. I'm, I'm happy doing it the traditional way. Mm-hmm. As we start winding down some here, uh, we were talking off air about being horrible with Twitter, social media, <laughs> how much you used or, you know, can people see, find you on Twitter or would you rather you like Facebook, like old people? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Facebook's old people now. I don't even, I can't keep up. I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. know. I'm on, on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I have a website, I guess, that I updated <laughs> a, a decade ago. Uh, you find me on MySpace. Yeah, I don't know. Um, MySpace. Yeah, yeah, let's let's revisit the the band uh, where we talked about top of the the show. Band band has you're actually uh, you're actually giving away tickets to your uh, show tomorrow. We are if you if you are a Maryland resident or if you just want to make an extremely long drive to Baltimore tomorrow, which <laughs> I know a lot of people in this country would love to do. Uh, yeah, we're playing. We got a big Halloween party concert tomorrow night, and it's really in Towson, but it's up in people outside of the area know it as Baltimore. Um, mm-hmm. But I got two tickets. And they're they're free to whoever wants to come out tomorrow night. They could hit me up on Facebook or MySpace. <laughs> MySpace. <laughs> wherever wherever you find me, if you find me and ask for them, I will. <laughs> yes, and they will be at the door at the venue if you want to come out and see the band. But you got to wear a costume. There's a con- costume contest. Nice. There's uh, you know, you know, food and drinks, and it's, it's it'll be a blast. Are you dressing up in a costume to play, or just? Yeah, yeah, we have to. I don't know. <laughs> Everybody, so I sing and play guitar, so I got to find something where I could stick my, you know, my face in front of a microphone and get it done. Yeah, but, uh, just, yeah. just put blood all over your face or something. Well, I, 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 I rotate every year. I rotate through like either Indiana Jones or Marty McFly, and uh, so my, my buddy's like, oh, you could do like Zombie McFly. You could do like. <laughs> yeah. You guys ought to all come out dressed like uh, Guar. Just to confuse people, <laughs> yeah. because it's not hot and sweaty enough on yes. stage. I got to yeah. put all that foam latex <laughs> yeah. on me. Yeah. No, all right, Ronald. This is this has been this has been a blast. We can't thank you enough for stopping yeah, by. We totally appreciate it. Uh, everyone in the chat, thanks so much for your questions and hanging out with us. Uh, this has been a pretty fun episode, and uh, I, I think we yeah. all have some movies we need to uh, <laughs> absolutely get to watch. So, uh, great book Halloween right binge. Now. Black Mouth is out right now. Uh, Ghost written's out. Really new. Ghost written. I have it. I have the e version of it, so I won't show you that. <laughs> it's got a glare, but uh, yeah, pick up some of uh, Ronald Malfi's uh, books and be amazed. Yeah, that's going to do it. Another exciting episode of Paper Cuts for our special guest Ronald Malfi. Thanks so much for stopping by. Really appreciate it. And everyone in the chat, thanks again. That's that's a wrap. That's the way a cookie crumbles, Brad. Anything else? <laughs> it's so stupid. No, I was say uh, that's live. <laughs> It's live now. You can catch the the replay and you know audio vision, audio vision, audio version, audio vision, audio vision. Yeah. yeah, you messed me up with the cookie crumbles thing. That was sorry. Just, uh, it was all purpose. You, you yeah. catch the audio and video replay on our website. We have a website, Jay. We're we're so we good. Do. Well, uh, there it is. There it is. Papercutslive.com. Check it out. There's reviews up there too. There's a review for uh, Ghost Written on there. I did do Jay's a review on, Ghost on that. Yeah. Yeah, check that out. Stars? That's terrible. Two stars. (laughs) Sorry. That's rounded up. One and a half stars. He was nice. (laughs) Yeah, we we appreciate you coming on, hanging out with us, having some fun. It was was a good time. I appreciate it. Thank you. 
Yeah, I got I got it in Rebecca, Rebecca, the cookie comment. Cookie All just for you because I knew you were listening. All right. Rebecca got slap heavy with that when she was on. It was funny. She did. Yeah. <laughs> like she about passed out laughing with that one. <laughs> Thanks everyone. Till we meet again. Stay safe. Queen See wave. ya. Love you, Jay. I know you